Thank God for His Word. Another time to look in the mirror. It's important to me. Praise God. To keep looking in the mirror. When I read the Bible, I don't want it to just be trivia facts. I want to say, God, what about me? Praise God. Appreciate what these young men had to say. Just looking at yourself and saying, God, help me. Help me to be more like what you want me to be. We turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you so much, Lord, for just what you're doing in us, God. Lord, it's a miracle, God. It's a miracle, Lord. Lord, I pray tonight, though, Lord, you would minister to every one of us. Because as good as you are, Lord, we're fighting battles. Lord, we're facing Lord, trials and struggles, and we need you, Lord, to teach us how to walk. Lord, teach us how to live in this day that we're living in, God, and help us to to lean on you, Lord, to trust in you with all of our hearts, God, and to lean on you, God. Have your way tonight, Lord. I need your anointing. I need your anointing, Lord. Help me to stay out of your way completely, God, and you work you move in every heart and every life and every mind, God. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Ephesians 4, verse 17. says, This I say, therefore, testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Don't walk like they walk. We've got a different walk in this world. Well, how do they walk? In the vanity of their mind. Drop down to verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. God's changed us. God's transformed us. God's cleansed our lives and given us hope and given us help. Amen? But as we walk in this world, we need to constantly examine ourselves and make sure we're not walking like we used to walk. Now, on the outside, we can dress modestly. We can try to maybe look like we fit in. But what's really happening that God is recognizing it's going to make a difference is how we walk in our minds. Amen. I see this word vanity. And a lot of times we think about vanity, we think about vain, being vain, being being conceited, being overly prideful, but it's a... It's really a different understanding with this kind of, uh, in this kind of context. What it's really talking about is worthlessness. Uselessness. So often that we live in our lives, and hear me now, that you understand that we, we walk in this world and we are bombarded with spirits. We're bombarded sometimes with just, just what's in this world, and it will wear down our minds. Hallelujah. And your mind will affect your behavior. We were talking this morning about uh, Paul being in Athens. And uh, 
I remember hearing a quote here recently, and I, I, don't, I think the Bible has great quotes. <laughs> I don't really step outside of that but very often, but uh, I, I remembered a quote that I heard, and I looked it up right before church, and I thought, who, who said this? And literally, it was one of the Stoics back from when uh, Paul was there in Athens. One of these philosophers of the Stoics. And listen to what he said. He said, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. Therefore, guard accordingly and take care that you entertain no notions unsuitable to virtue and reasonable nature. That was a Stoic philosopher. I believe Paul was able to say, you know, I agree with you, but Jesus is the one that's going to give you the power to do just that. You can try your best, but God's the one that gives you strength in your heart and in your mind. You're not going to be able to do very well, but God is going to help you with it. And we have to recognize in our lives so much of this world. So much of just living day by day will wear on us. Sometimes I, I recognize with people that, that uh, are coming and saying, I'm, I'm having such a, a, a rough day and it just seems like so much. And then when, when they share that with us, and it's not just one or two, I've seen it many, many times. It's like, well, wait a minute. This isn't really the great tribulation you're dealing with here. You know, oh, you know, uh, my, my, my boss is just such. And it's like, well, you know, that's, that's not so uncommon. Amen. Or, you know, I got, uh, you know, problems in my health. You know, the Bible says that there's no temptation that's taking you that's not common to man. Then why does it affect me so much? Can I tell you something? Hallelujah. It will. It will affect you if you don't learn how to be renewed. Amen. A lot of the battle, this is so simple tonight, but it's, I, I feel this so necessary for, for us today that, that we can know this, we can love this, we can have this, we don't want anything else. But, but if we don't continually get renewed, you're going to start getting weaker and weaker and more vulnerable to things that, that really you've had victory over in the past. Amen. How many understand, you know, it, it, it takes some discipline, really, to talk about reading the Bible. It takes some discipline to really read the Bible. Say, I do read the Bible. Great. Do you, do you pray? Do you really dig in? Do you, do you chew it up and digest it? And uh, That takes a little bit more than just kind of flipping through your phone. Amen. It takes a lot more than just a video game. Right. To, to take some time and say, well, I pray. I, so, so often I hear it, and, and if you think maybe I'm saying something to make you uh, consider this, I, I am, of course. People say, oh, I, I just pray all the time. That's so easy. But real prayer is not something that everybody does. Prayer that gets serious and gets busy in the spirit it takes something. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You've, you've told me already, you know, it, sometimes it's just tough even coming into church where everybody's praying to really get in the spirit. It's, it's a battle. 
Sure. You're not crazy. So it's easy to kind of kind of just go through the motions of prayer and say that you pray, but to really press in past all the thoughts and all the feelings and just get into the presence of God, it takes some discipline. But that's where the renewing is. That's where you know when you first come to God and you, you want the Holy Ghost so badly and, and you're saying, God, I, I need you to fill me. And it, it takes pushing through all of that and saying, I'm, I'm focused. I, I, I'm, I'm just not worried about, about my thoughts or what anybody else might be thinking. That You don't know what they're thinking. That's your thoughts. <laughs> you say, oh, you know what they're thinking? You're thinking. That's you. Amen. But you get through all that. You got to get back there and make it new. Look what it says here. What? I'm going to read some things here that, if you think about the context of it, Paul talking to the church, it's behavior that is a no-brainer, really. Why was he? Would he have to tell people, "Hey, this is not how you live"? It says that you put on the new man. We're going to get back to that. Maybe we'll stop here for a little bit. It's a decision you've got to make, an action you've got to take to put on the new man that you recognize. I have to be really good at defining what the new man is for me. Amen. I know a lot of people think they're really good at figuring people out, but you've got to be good at figuring you out. I got to be able to look at me and say, that's the old nature, and this is what I, the new nature, I have to put this on. Amen. Well, praise God. I've got to be able to, to be self-aware enough to recognize, hey, this is not who I want to be, and this is who I was, and this is what God wants me to do. And I've got to every morning, every day say, okay, now, I'm going to put on a new man. Praise the Lord. I know. I hey. It's most of us, I guess, I'm not thinking there's anybody that, uh, that maybe isn't this way when I say most of us. But, you know, it looks like you took some time and said, I want to be presentable for the house of God. I want to be respectful to the house of God. Amen. God bless you for that. We're not against it. If you're wearing the best you got and it's not the best somebody else has, nobody's going to look down on you. Amen. We're not about that fashion show mentality. But we want to do our best to respect uh, the place we worship. Amen. I think that's important. Hallelujah. So, but more importantly is, is that new man that we put on. Amen. That, 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 the character that we carry with us. Praise God. Look what it says. Put on the new man. Colossians says a lot about this. Um, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, this is in the context of the quality of our thoughts, can I say. This is in the context of not being walking in the vanity of our mind and being renewed in the spirit of our mind. Amen. Wherefore, put away, putting away lying. Speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. You know, it ought to be the simplest thing to just tell the truth. Shouldn't be any battle with that. That seems so. A lot of you say, oh, yes, amen. But you slip a little bit. You just neglect your spiritual life a little bit. Amen. It's going to start. 
being a little more easy, just kind of cover yourself a little bit and try to, you know, kind of paint yourself in a better light than what really is going on. Help us, Lord. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. We are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Listen to this. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That's not just with your husband or your wife. That's just a, a, a that's, there's not even the context of marriage. Neither give place to the devil. You've got to look at your life and say, you know what, devil? You're not getting an inch. Amen. I'm not letting you in one bit. I know how you just wreak havoc in my life. If I give you an inch, you want to take everything. So you need to understand how he gets a place in your life. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather labor working with his hands a thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needed. There is a great principle here that we love to address, that it's not just to the thief, but it is to that one that is repentant of any sin. Brother stood up and was saying, hey, God deliver me from this. God deliver me from this. God took this out of my life. Excellent. To God be the glory. That's got to be God working. Amen. But now, what God will do if you'll give him control like we were talking about, he'll put you in a, a lifestyle that will make it hard for anybody to recognize that in your life. Amen. That you are the exact opposite. Somebody who stole is now the most generous person in the church. Amen. Praise God. My, my wife was sharing a testimony with someone here recently and, and saying how... I don't even remember this about her. And, I'm, and I started thinking, man, what did she... She said, I, I, I had a terrible problem with lying to people. Sister Flosser, can you imagine? <laughs> and I started thinking, I said, I don't, I don't know. Did she used to lie to me? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Praise God. But it, it's, you know, it's, it's, that's my wife, and I don't, I don't even remember. I can't even fathom it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And when you look at people's lives and you say, that is the farthest thing from who they were, that's Jesus. Amen. If you if you got the philosophy of how to be a better person, hey, you're gonna you're gonna have your good days and you're gonna have it. But you put on the new man. That old life is gonna be crucified. And if it starts to slip into your life, praise God. That's that's when you got to look back and be renewed. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That covers a lot more territory than just curse words. Amen. I, I know. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Maybe we'll talk about it another time. But, but I know sometimes people come and say, What's, well, words are just words. They mean one thing in one culture, another thing. And somebody made an arbitrary idea that this word is, is something that's shocking value. And, and it's, that's dirty word. And, and, and it's just another word. But I'll tell you, in every society, there's things that are acceptable and some things that are, are crude. And some things that are hurtful. And some things that are offensive. And I know we're living in a day where people kind of mock that. But again, we ought to make choices to use something so powerful. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. 
That's why the devil is so wants to get you thinking and talking in a manner that's going to tear down rather than build up. Amen. And that's why a brother was sharing with me, testifying to somebody about, about the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues, the, the value in that, because the devil wants to use something that God gave you for power that you can tell the devil, you got to leave. You can resist him. You can cast him out. Hallelujah. So let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Say, what's corrupt communication? Well, he's going to identify it. He's going to show you what should be coming out of your mouth. That which is good to the use of edifying. That may minister what? Grace. Minister what? Great. That means not it. You say, ah, they don't do that. I'm going to tell, tell you about them because, because this is what they... No, grace. When you minister grace, you sow grace, you're going to receive grace. So... Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth with that which is good to the use of edifying. You have to purposely choose to edify people. That it may minister grace to the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. I like that. There's something about that that I think is twofold. People ask me, what, what does that, that seal mean? Does that mean we're kind of sealed in, safe and sound with God until the end? I, I think that's, that could be part of it, but I think there's more to it than that. There is uh, a seal of approval that they would put on things. You remember the prodigal son, they put a ring on his hand. That wasn't a piece of jewelry. That was a, that was a family signet that said, you have the authority to approve or disapprove of things in this family. You are restored to full authority of a part of this family. And you can put our seal on documents. God put his seal on you. God said, that's mine, devil. I got a mark on them. Amen. Hallelujah. God says, I, I, that, that belongs to me. Amen. And we've got that seal through the Holy Ghost that says you're his and you belong to his. But then when I read, and I was reading this week quite a bit. Probably not as much as Chris over here. Man, I was up early, but hallelujah. i got to tell you, the Bible talks about in the Old Testament vessels. That if something unclean gets around a vessel, it'll make that vessel unclean. You're a vessel. We're around a lot of unclean things. But if that vessel is sealed... Amen. It's protected from an unclean environment. If that vessel is sealed, what's in it can be protected from an unholy environment. Amen. So I believe not only do we have that seal of God's approval in our lives, but he also keeps us in an unholy world. We'll keep you holy at an unholy job. We'll keep you holy in an unholy community or unholy culture. He, we are in this world, but we are sealed under the day of redemption. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're sealed? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise His name. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, but we can grieve God. We can, the Spirit of God on us, and we can live our lives that 
that the Spirit of God can withdraw from us if we are not careful. Hallelujah. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted. You know, we all need that. We all need that. We, we, uh, it's difficult sometimes when you're around some, some people that are very serious about living for God. And, and that's important to be serious about living for God. But sometimes we can get an attitude that's not helping one another get there. We're on the same team. And, and sometimes some of the team's weak. Some of the time struggles. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad people understand that. Even the pastor sometimes needs some help. We all are running this race. And, and, and that's why the Bible gives us things like this. It's not, oh, there's somebody who's weak. There's somebody who's struggling. Tear them apart. Rip their head off. Uh-uh. Be kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. It's, uh, it's easy to destroy. It's easy to, to, to deconstruct things. It's, it's more of a challenge. It takes God to really build somebody up who needs it. Be careful. So, so how do we put on this new man? What are we, what's he talking about? He's talking about being renewed. This, this understanding in the Bible is repeated over and over again. Not just being renewed in our minds, being renewed in our spirit, being renewed in our strength. Amen? And as I was praying this week, I was thinking about renewal and how simple this is, but it just hit me so hard that we're told to renew our strength, to renew our spirit, to renew our minds. Why? Because we need to. Say, well, what do you mean? (laughs) I mean, sometimes we get weak. Sometimes we, we start to drag spiritually. Sometimes things start getting to us. There's scriptures that tell us when our heart is overwhelmed. Have you ever been overwhelmed? I've been overwhelmed. There have been times where, where I've been overwhelmed, and so have you. We're living in this world, and we need to be renewed. I've taught on this. I, I remember seeing in Hebrews, that Hebrews 5 ends and starts talking about how the Jewish people were given these commandments and given the prophets and given the word directly. And, and God had a plan and he tells them through the book of Hebrews that you should be the teachers of this. You should be the examples of this. You should be the ones that are showing people this new covenant because all these prophecies were given to you. And then he goes on in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, and you can look at that sometime. We've spent time uh, just studying that week after week, and it talks about uh, going on to perfection, going on to maturity, leaving the first principles of the doctrines of Christ behind. It doesn't mean forget about it. It means get it so solid that it's just you don't need to keep on going back to it. And he's saying you get a foundation that's unshakable and go on and mature and grow and build on that foundation. And as you read it, you know, there's, there's repentance from dead works and faith toward God. There's uh, baptisms 
and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead. And we recognize the, the idea of repentance and being baptized and being filled with the Holy Ghost, generally through the laying on of hands, scripturally. And these are just first principles. These are just foundational uh, doctrines in, in Christ. And, uh, but the word there for baptism is plural. So, in one sense, well, of course, we're water baptized. We're also spirit baptized. I agree. But I also understand, talking to the Hebrews, that they recognized something about washings. There was an initial, for the priesthood, there was an initial washing that was an immersion. It was a ritual bath that kind of foreshadowed our water baptism in Jesus' name. Amen? And they were fully immersed, and, and even nowadays they still practice these mikvah baths. And, and I mean, they, they immerse. I've heard some of the Orthodox Jews say, not only do you go under there, you got to make sure your fingers and your toes are but You want to be fully wet. Amen. Not a little sprinkling. Not a little sponge bath. Not a little pour. But an immersion is what they practiced at the labor in their temple and tabernacle worship. There was the altar, which was repentance. Um, but there was also then the laver before you get into the presence of God, which was that washing. And they would take that, that bath, that immersion, that baptism, initially, at the beginning of their covenant with God. But then there were subsequent washings. That now they were washed... But that same, we talked about this morning, those looking glasses that made the labor, there was, they would come and before they would go in and minister to the, the, the incense and the light and the oil that went in the lamp and the table of showbread, before they would go in there, they'd wash again. They didn't need a full immersion again. But they would wash their hands and their feet. And it was really just kind of symbolizing the fact that you're going to get dirty occasionally. Living your life, there's going to be things you're going to pick up. You didn't go looking for it. You didn't go playing in the mud. But nonetheless, you are vulnerable to, to mud. Now, to them, it wasn't about mud. It was about ceremonial uncleanness. Sanctification. Don't get near something that is... Uh, it wasn't so much dirty, but it was something that, that God said is a no-no. You're going to be around a lot of things that are wrong. Don't think it won't affect you. You're safe in the God. Safe in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Safe in that city of refuge. Safe under the blood. But, but there's an influence. And if you are careful to be renewed, careful to... To continue to be washed, living in this world full of junk, sometimes that will stick to you. And it is not. I know that in church people can be very harsh. And they can look and say, oh, look at them. But listen, you've you, you got to recognize that you're in this world. And there's going to be some things that are going to try to cling to you. There have been plenty of times. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit deeper on this uh, than I expected. But not only just life, but 
Maybe some of you understand what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you never really thought about it, but when I say this, you'll say, oh, that's what that was. We got victory over the devil. Amen? I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid of the devil. Brothers tell me here tonight, say, wow, I'll tell you what, the devil gets angry. I say, that's the way I want it. I, 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 the first day he's happy with me is something's wrong. I want to keep him angry and under my feet. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what, that we are, we, we're more than conquerors. We don't walk around being afraid. I don't want to make the devil angry. No, I want to make him good and angry. Praise the Lord. That's God's will. Praise the Lord. We got authority over the devil. Praise the Lord. And I know that. And I'm not worried about what I'm telling you, but there have been times we've dealt with very real demonic possession, very real need for deliverance. We've dealt with people that have just been bound and and, uh, and sometimes you might be around somebody like that, you don't even realize it. And I, I feel very, very certain that there's going to be more and more of a need for deliverance in these days we're living in. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I believe there have been people here that have just been set free. It doesn't have to be some big show. I'm telling you, you can just come to the altar and say, God, like the brother was saying, and God will deliver you. It doesn't have to be a whole a big deal that a lot of people are showboating about it, but sometimes it is. But I have been in situations already. I think some some of you have been as well, where where you've ministered, you've stood for Jesus, you're not taking any chances, you're not doing anything foolish, but you walk away and some of that just sticks to you. You start feeling that oppression. Amen. Praise the Lord. I remember a sister here um, ministered to somebody, brought them to church, tried to reach out to them. Very obviously, they were, were uh, involved in, in, in some pretty dark things. Very, very obviously. And um, when they took them home, they called me that night and said, I am feeling just, just like a band is around my chest. It's hard for me to breathe. And, and I don't understand what's happening. And I said, that, that woman had some very serious spiritual bondage. And, and that's, you know, you did a good thing. But now we just need to pray, and we're going to, we're going to take care of that, and you're going to go home, you're going to get, go to bed and have a good night's rest, and your family's going to be okay. And I said, and in fact, I believe that night, they said, I just feel it in the house. And, and, and I said, you just take your children. I want you to prove something to them. Kind of like, like when Moses told them to, or, or hallelujah, to just put their, put their foot right up on their neck. Hallelujah. I said, you take those children, just go through that house and claim the name of Jesus Christ and tell the devil to get out of here. Let them learn that they have victory over the devil. Let them see that when you're done, you're going to have a great night's sleep. That oppression is going to go. You're not going to feel that anymore. You might think this is flaky, but it's the real deal. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And it happens in your life sometimes where you come in contact with things, and it gets a hold of you. It hooks itself onto you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. People are so worried about people coughing around them and sneezing around them. But <laughs> this is a different level. Sometimes you're going to be around that. That doesn't give you the right. You can't just say, well, that's why I, you know, I flipped out. That's why I cursed. So that's why I did this. No, that's your responsibility. But you've got to be able to recognize, hey, I'm going to be around some things in this world. Devil put evil thoughts in your mind. I'm sure most people would never want to admit some of the things that have crossed their mind. Some of those, uh, you know, the, the, the. 
the Stoics of our day, the philosophers and the psychiatrists call it intrusive thoughts. You've got to cast that down. And sometimes a little more difficult. I'm, not, I'm telling you, if you're getting something to be scared of from what I'm preaching, you're not listening to me. Because we got victory over this. But what I would be scared of is not to get a renewing day by day. Because I've seen good folks get themselves too far out. That because they've just not really dug in and said, I need that renewing. I need that refreshing. I need my strength, my spirit renewed. Because I'm living in a world of junk. Amen. Come on, tell me there's not oppression all around us. Tell me you don't feel the weight of the, the evil in this world day by day. The distractions you feel in prayer, where it's harder to pray someday, that's, that's the spiritual battle you're in. Where you just uh, want to give up, I'm not even going to try to really press on through, that's his, what his tactic is. You want to read more of the Word. You want to dig in. You want to take out. But you know what? It just gets so tough. And the enemy just puts some things in your mind. You get so busy. That busyness, as you see that in the, in the book of Exodus, when the enemy said, you know what? You want to worship God? I'm going to make you busier. It's part of spiritual battle. The things that we deal with, it's not something that you're just an evil, horrible, bad person. It's that we're in this world full of junk, full of unholiness, full of oppression. And it will wear on you. That's why we need to truly be renewed. If you're getting renewed in church two, three times a week, that's better than nothing. But you need to learn how to be renewed at home. You need to learn how to really have it. That doesn't mean you're always just just uh, maybe shouting and leaping for joy and speaking in tongues, but there's a real move of God in you that is heart to heart and, and sin and flesh and the devil are all dealt with, and you are renewed. Look at what 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, says. Renewed. You know why we need renewed? Why that's in there? Because God understands that we can't live on yesterday's touch. We can't live on yesterday's revival. You got some victory yesterday. I've, I've talked to people get so frustrated. I meant it. I knew it. I had it. And then the next day, you can't live on that. You remember the manna? You couldn't keep it. You had to get new manna in the morning. You had to get a hold of something new. It was just going to be stinking and full of worms the next day. Second Corinthians 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not. We don't faint. We don't stop. We don't quit. Though our outward man perish. Everything coming against you and... But yet the inward man is renewed day by day. If you go a day without really being renewed, tomorrow the enemy is going to be stronger against you. You say, well, I did pray. I didn't say you didn't. I read the Bible. Yeah, I'm sure you did. But were you renewed? 
Was there something in you that got that new touch? Well, praise God. Because that's where your strength is. The devil's not threatened by us going through the motions. The devil's not threatened by what you did yesterday. What you did and what you promised last week. Amen. The devil's going to wait you out. Praise God. He can wait until you are weak enough. He said he roams to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Amen. It says, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light afflictions. Hallelujah. Praise God. Our light affliction. Paul said our light affliction. Praise the Lord. You know you've got some maturity when you can say, I'll be all right. Hallelujah. Our light affliction is but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. Wow. That my afflictions are working something that is weighty for glory. Could it be that God does have a plan right there in your affliction? And that you could have confidence in God if you could just get renewed and say, Okay, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to buckle in and let you have your way. Hallelujah. While we look not at things which are seen, but things which are not seen, things which are seen are temporal, or we would say temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Not one of us is strong enough. Not one of us is smart enough. Not one of us. I know a lot of people talk. I've heard a lot of preaching about willpower, the power of your will. But that only goes so far. I can share my testimony. There's times I've had as much willpower as anybody had. The devil was bigger than that. God's got to be the one in charge. I've got to take my willpower to my knees and get renewed in the strength of God. When I know that... You know what Peter said? Everybody else might betray you, but not me. All those other guys, I can tell you right now, they, this is how messed up they are, but not me, man. I am going to be there. And the Lord said, you know what? Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. You better pray. You better pray. You better be renewed day by day. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Hallelujah. There's victory for you. There's victory over anything the enemy throws your way. But God told us to be renewed because we need it. We can't do it without renewing. Yesterday's victories, yesterday's Prayer meetings, yesterday's infillings aren't going to last in a battle that's ongoing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're living in this world. There's a lot of things that if you get focused on them, it'll pull you down. You get focused on all the things that you've been going through, all the things that have been coming against you. It'll wear on you. It'll wear you down. It's exactly what the enemy did in Exodus to the enemy, to the people of God, rather. 
is exactly what the Bible says the Antichrist spirit will do in this last day. Wear out the saints of the Most High. People are wore out. People just burning out. People are tired, spiritually tired. I know what it's like. church one time and a brother came up to me and said there's a sister in this church that that God speaks to in dreams and, and she came to me and she doesn't want to tell you but she asked me to tell you as a pastor and as your friend she said she saw a very very tired man spiritually just drained and I, I, I said that, that'd be me I need God. And I realize that my strength is not enough to take me. And my yesterday's prayer meetings is not enough. Hallelujah. I need to be renewed. Jesus himself showed us at times he would move away from the crowd, go up in the mountain. at the time of John's death. Where's Jesus? He just removed himself for a while. God's got a way to get you to heaven. God's got a way to give you victory, but the devil's not going to make it easy on you. You're going to need that renewing. Every one of us, no matter what, vital part. I don't know how many times I've seen people fail in ways I never thought they'd fail. You know that prayer life is hindered. They're kind of just going through the motions of it all, not really digging in and letting God renew them day by day. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Then your life will never 